0: All Things in the Name of Love, with your host, Dr. Erica Reesberg. Music performed and written by Megan Moreau. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go let it flow. Episode forty eight, the importance of going deeper with Matthew Corin. Today I have with me the amazing Matthew Corin, who I've had the honor of knowing for a few months, and he he is a spirit guide and he works with spirits in transition. And when I met him I had the soul resonance with him, which is what I love. And I wanted to bring him on because he has a fascinating journey to tell about his spiritual journey. So I want to thank you so much for coming, Matthew. And I want to hear about what started you on your path.
1: <laughs> thank you, Erica, for that amazing introduction. Yes, I'm I completely honored to be on uh, with you today. And thank you for this opportunity to share my story. My intention is always that it inspires other people on their spiritual journeys and on their paths to progression and expressing their soul's purpose. My journey really started when I was young. I, was, I grew up on a hundred acre farm like Winnie the Pooh, I used to say. And I did not have access to a lot of input from, let's say, spiritual sources. I was mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, and had a great family and, and wonderful life. Living on the farm is really connected with nature but I always was kind of looking for more. And yoga kind of came across my view and I just started to study yoga via what I call dial-up internet connection yoga, where it was like the... And then you'd get like the little bar and I'd be like, oh, that's where the head goes. And then... And then it would be, oh, that's where the arms go. Because, you know, the images came like one band at a time. (laughs) So naturally I did Ashtanga yoga because in Ashtanga yoga, you hold the poses for three or four minutes, which for me was about as long as it took for the image to come onto the screen. So I was initiated into Ashtanga yoga via dial-up internet connection from the middle of nowhere, Ohio. And that started my spiritual journey, Um, which, you know, eventually I... I just did what I did. I started to go to, obviously, I started to go to in-person yoga classes, even though those were few and far between and got a community around it. But I had my first spiritual awakening doing yoga by myself in my room where I had just decided I had intended to go really deep that day. Mm. And I got myself to a point where I just kind of finished my yoga practice, but I felt like I was in this cloud of timelessness and connection with everything. And I just remember just kind of like gently falling or laying, it felt like I was falling down, but I'm sure it was laying down because I didn't, like didn't experience an impact. I just felt like myself kind of floating down to the floor of my room. And I just remember sitting there not moving and just kind of staring for, it must've been 40 minutes, but who knows how long I was there because, you know, timelessness exists outside of our, our dualistic experience here. And I was in that timelessness, and so that was the beginning of Mm. of of a journey where I realized, like, hey, I need to really figure out that there's more going on here than meets the eye, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And had a really influential high school teacher who introduced me to world history, world religions, Mm. and having grown grown up Roman Catholic, but also coming out as gay as a 15 year old, I was not totally sold on the Roman Catholic dogma, as you might imagine. Yeah, and I still had a really strong relationship with God that I wanted to maintain and develop. And so I started looking at other sources like the Tibetan Buddhist religion in particular, but also Hindu sources and and other kinds of wisdom, traditions, and lineages. Mm -hmm. And I realized, wow, (laughs) there's a lot more out there to God, source energy, whatever you want to call it. And I just was like a kid in a candy shop and wanted to learn more. I dove deeply into Tibetan Buddhism when I was a senior in high school the, they basically kicked everyone out the last six weeks. You know, rather than all the seniors get into, get into trouble, they said, hey, go do a project. Oh, nice. So we had what was called the senior project. And I had a project where I split between two, two mentors, so to speak. Okay. One was a yoga teacher, business person. So I kind of learned the, the business of spirituality through her yoga business. And the other was a woman who was starting or building a Tibetan Buddhist temple in rural Ohio. That's amazing. I know. And I was like, I'm gonna do both of these. So half of my week was spent studying with the real deal Tibetan Buddhist monks and doing practice. You know, what what you do to build and create a temple is of course you need to get all the organizational stuff together and buy the property and, and get it ready and all this stuff, but there's a whole energetic to it that I got to participate in. And that was my next experience where when The lineage holder of the Tibetan Buddhist religion, of the Tibetan Buddhist, sorry, the Tibetan Buddhist lineage, which was the, the Nyingma tradition of the Tibetan Buddhist lineage, when that lineage holder came out to consecrate the temple, I got to be there. And I took refuge in the Tibetan Buddhist religion, which is kind of like the, the Catholic baptism. And it's also a naming ceremony. I received a spiritual name. And the lineage holder came with this traditional retinue of like 30 monks, one of which was a Tibetan tukku. A Tibetan tukku is an ascended master in the flesh, someone who is considered an enlightened being who is here in the flesh to do the bodhisattva work, which is to uh, assist all other beings on their path to enlightenment. And I got a one-on-one audience with this guy. And it was hilarious because my mentor <laughs> like beautiful. basically pushed me into the room. I'm like, I don't know what to talk to this person about. You know, right. like, does he even speak English? Like, who is this? You know? Yeah. He did in fact speak English and I got to sit with him, which was a very awkward, like I'm sure only two minutes, but it felt like an eternity before right. I just started blabbing to him. You know, I was like, I don't know what to talk about. So I'm just going to talk. <laughs> and so he's sitting there, this like really pristine presence in this mm. kind of disheveled office actually inside the temple during the whole, not during the ceremony, but like around the festivities of the temple consecration. And he gave me some really important advice, which was essentially to choose one path and go deep. And I knew immediately when he said that, that that was going to be hard for me (laughs) because he was talking to an 18 year old who was still in the kid in the candy shop kind of energy of like, there's so much out there that I don't know. And I want to go find it out. So I spent the next 10 years totally ignoring his advice of course, <laughs> and traveling around and had, a, you know, that was just the beginning of a, a spat of amazing teachers that I've had access to lineage holders from different traditions. Mm-hmm. I just got lucky there. I, I, you know, I have to say, I just got lucky in the teachers that I got exposed to and had some very powerful practices handed down to me and was able to go deep with my meditation and with my spirituality and progression. And eventually it came to the point where 10 years later around my Saturn return, which is traditionally around the the year 28, 20 years old. And I realized, oh, this is the time when I really have to make a choice. I really have to take this Tuku's advice that I heard Mm -hmm. back when I was 18 years old. I really need to take the advice now. And I had given myself that 10 years and I had explored many different traditions and essentially came down to an Eastern versus a Western tradition. You know, there are very important differences between an Eastern mind and a Western mind. And so the tradition that you choose needs to be something, in my opinion, needs to be something that really, you know, works with your energetic makeup. And for me, I Mm -hmm. just knew that although I had a much, I had much love and I still was practicing the Tibetan Buddhism practices that I had learned at the time, that it was time for me also to maybe move into a tradition that was more geared towards my mind, which is the Western tradition. And I had already been exposed to the Western Hermetic tradition, and in this case, the lineage of King Solomon. Mm. So I am now a guide, healer, and ritual master in the lineage of King Solomon, held by and certified by the Modern Mystery School, which is just the organization that kind of interacts with the rest of the world to maintain the purity of these lineage teachings and practices. Wow. Wow.
0: Okay. <laughs> I guess that's you know, my mine was much less interesting than yours. <laughs> I'm not comparing, but it's like I had a later awakening and I love actually I had a really early awakening, then shut it down and then rewake reawoke. So what drew you to this lineage other than the fact that it's a Western like what was it, was there a specific hook that resonated?
1: You're gonna laugh. <laughs> okay. I got a written invitation. <laughs>
0: that's awesome
1: so i used to because i lived in rural ohio i used Mm to have to drive so my my mother was an educator she really didn't think the high school was the best option for me in the rural community that we lived in they didn't have the funding really to support what we were up to and we ended up going to a private high school in cleveland So all of my friends in high school ended up being around kind of the suburbs of Cleveland. But I was still a half an hour away drive in my rural house where we lived. We actually moved when I was a senior. But most of the time, I was a half an hour away. And further, yeah. my friends were a half an hour the other side of the school. Oh, okay. So for me to go hang out with my friends in the weekend, it took sometimes an hour to drive there. And you can imagine high schoolers like, hey, do you want to hang out in an hour? Like, they don't know what they're doing <laughs> in an hour. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so my typical story would, I would drive to my school, which was halfway. And then I would start calling people, say, hey, do you want to hang out? This weekend, I'm free. That's awesome. And sometimes it wouldn't work out. And I would go to Barnes & Noble and go to the bookstore. Very cool. And I would go to the spiritual section and the metaphysical section, of course, and peruse books. And one of the books I picked up was a high magic book, which had the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram in it and all these kinds of high temple practices that Mm -hmm. I later learned you know, the real way to do this magic, the real important parts, the keys, so to speak, the K in magic standing for the keys that actually produced the magical result that you were looking for in these rituals later in the mystery school. But at the time, I had no idea, and I was just looking through this book, and I came across a, a, a little pamphlet that someone had put into the book, and it was an invitation to okay. the mystery school. And it wasn't this particular organization that I'm working with now, the Modern Mystery School, but it was an organization that was a hermetic order of the Mystery School, which okay. the lineage of King Solomon is a hermetic order, meaning teachings given down through the times by the lineage of, of Triasmagustis Hermes. and and that was my written invitation. And at the time, of course, I was a high schooler and I was like, well, I'm not going to go to Vancouver, BC. My parents will never let that happen. Yeah, um, yeah. From Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and go to their little info session <laughs> that they're inviting me to. But I kept that paper. I still have it to this day because, like I, like I say to many people, sometimes. You never know what you're gonna get with your spiritual progression, with your path, but sometimes you get exactly what you wanted. And I mm-hmm. guess that I needed a written invitation. And so I knew when I came across the lineage of King Solomon, a Hermetic lineage later, I knew that I wanted to study with them.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pretty amazing. You know, it is. the the hierarchy of light and the and the the way that God communicates with us, the way that you know, the universal information field interacts with us just never ceases to amaze me. We are truly multidimensional beings with access to so much and have have so much potential that is our divine birthright. And that's what I'm continuing to discover and now sharing that story in my guide work through the Empower Thyself programs, through the initiations that we do, through the activation and empowerment sessions that we do to help people actualize and realize their unique godhood and divinity
0: which is such a powerful gift that you're offering because especially in these times where I have noticed this remarkable level of chaos. I'm not feeling chaotic inside, but I see it on the outside and it feels like there is a need for going within much deeper. I personally feel... Like, as although I love my podcast, I have to do more because I think there's more people that are feeling this need, and I'm wondering if you're seeing that or you're sensing that as well.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we do regular community events. I try and do lots of free events so people that may not feel like they have the economic means can still get some of this juice, some of this energy. Mm -hmm. And we host all our events out of Eternal Eden in Southwest Portland, and. This is a place where all of our community can come together and just be in these conversations and know that it's a safe place to have these conversations. Because a lot of times people isolate themselves thinking that no one else wants to have this conversation or is on the spiritual level with me. And it's just not true. I mean, this lineage of teachings, the hermetic lineage that I'm part of has been around for 3,500 years. Mm -hmm. There's other wisdom traditions that go back even longer. And it's just simply false that, you know, there's not a community of people that are interested in this stuff out here. It's really about finding the alignment. What is the right energy? What is the, the lineage that really aligns with who I am and what I want to do in the world and what can support me in that expression? And that's what a guide is for. Like my mm-hmm. job is to make this lineage available to people, to educate them on what is available and what the energy of the lineage is so they can make that choice. You know, mm-hmm. basically I can open the door and say, here's the threshold you know, do you want to cross it? And I'm not attached, you know, people, It may be right for people. It may not be the right time for people. Mm -hmm. Obviously I know from how this lineage works that every single human being everywhere can benefit from these practices, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to jive with everyone. So
0: Right. We're right. Because it is a matter of finding what works with you, the individual, I had the opportunity to speak with a, a yogi this week and I was joking with him because he used to be a professional hockey player. Nice. And, and I love it. And I'm looking up and I have Ganesh, lovely Ganesh, mm-hmm. sitting I'm on my to desk. To be because I don't have an attachment to one tradition over another. I feel like this blend, yeah, which is fascinating because I, I think that's part of my mission is, is because I am driven by breaking down the illusion of separation.
1: I'm glad you said that because those, that is what people are coming to us for. You know, I get through these events, people will say they're interested and they may or may not come, but I always try and follow up with people that at least say they're interested because there's a reason why. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why they indicated interest. And in this day of, of social media, it's easy to say I'm interested and not come and that's fine. You know, I don't right, mind right. because it, you know, it opens the door. And it allows people the opportunity to see that there are things happening. And so I am, you know, I'm in many conversations a week. I am constantly scheduling consultations with people that just want to talk. And, you know, oftentimes they'll take me up on some of the offers that I'm making to help them progress and move along their path and start to make some choices there. But what's happening is people are coming in because they know that there's more. Mm -hmm. They know they've had experiences or they just know somewhere deep down that they're being driven to do more. And in this day and age where things like conscious capitalism as a practice in business and with the alignment that consumers are seeking between a brand and its promise and what it does in the world as a source of uh, whether they support that or not, even employees wanting to work with only with corporations that are aligned with their morality and, and ethics. We're seeing that people are making those hard choices, sometimes hard economic choices to do what's right for them, not what's right for their pocketbook, not, not what's right for stealing power and colonizing, not for you know, all of these practices that have led us to the current craziness and chaos in the yeah. world. They want to change that. And everyone knows that they can maybe not impact the whole world, but they can certainly impact their community, can certainly impact their city, their, their local region by being who they are. And Mm -hmm. by choosing, despite all those pressures to buy local, to buy organic, to take care of themselves, to take care of their community. And what's missing is a coordinated community. What's missing is that connection. You know, mm-hmm. people at the same time are less connected. You know, we yeah. actually, you know, I'm a, I'm a recovering research psychologist. I wrote a thesis <laughs> on the effects of instant messenger on social perception. Oh, and wow. what I found in doing that research was that people, obviously, you can guess the result is that people feel better about their relationships and about the other person. And they also feel better about themselves when they're in a face-to-face, yeah. what I call synchronous conversation with someone. You know, mm-hmm. we have to remember text message, instant messenger is not instant. It's, no, it's not, not synchronous. You can't guarantee that that person saw that message right when you sent it. It's not, it's not the same time relationship that we assume. We like to assume it. We like to put that on people. We make all sorts of judgments about them when they don't respond after five seconds. It's like people, you know, unless you're having a face-to-face conversation with someone, you are missing so much of what's available in, oh, communi- yeah. in communication. And that's why for, you know, this is what I really respect about the lineage practices is that you know, we cannot do our work the same way. And we, and there's some things that you just cannot do unless you're there in person. You know, we have makes activations sense. that we do in people's energetic fields and in their etheric bodies. We can't do that over Skype. Right. You know, we can't do that over video conference. It's not right. how it works. You know, part of what makes the magic real is the alignment in the physical mm-hmm. of the form and force. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we can't, we do have some distance healings, of course, you know. Uh, we have the Ensophic Ray Institute, which is a form of Reiki that's very pure and more pure to the Christ consciousness. We call it kind of the Mercedes Benz of, of Reiki in a sense, because it's more. it has more basically all the symbols where Asui only had some of the symbols that he handed down. Because he was afraid okay. that people weren't ready to become gods. They weren't ready to embody their godhood. You know, yeah. energy, energy healing, working on someone's energy field is working from God in service to a god. You know, this is what we really have to get as a, as a, as a community and as a species, as a human race, yeah. that we have a birthright that is divine. And when we embody that and move that through the work that we do to people, we're with people, then that inspires and lights up their God fire. And that's where we change the world. We change the world by passing our flame one by one from a divine, God like place to the other person as a God as who they truly are, not who how they're presenting to us, not all their frustrations, not all their baggage, not all that crap that we get, but saying, I see you for your divinity mm-hmm. and interacting with that. Now, that doesn't mean we can't hold people accountable, it doesn't mean that we can't hold boundaries, right? That's right. important. You know, there's no creation that happens without boundaries. You have right. to create within a vessel. There's an alchemical process that needs to happen and there are constraints there. And we need to know how to build that, that chalice. We need to know how to build that cauldron so that we can produce the results that we want to produce in the world. So, you know, when people come to me and they're coming with frustrations, they're coming with, there's a lot of confusion, actually. And particularly, this is the case for Portland. Every city has its own particular form of challenges, I'll call it. In Portland, it's, 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 it's lack of clarity or confusion. In other places, it's different things. But essentially, you know, there's lethargy, like not willing to get off the couch and do something. You have to actually take action. You know, this is not new age. It's old age. We're not the new age thinkers that think everything's just going to come to us because we think positively about it. That's not how it works, people. (laughs) You got to get off the (laughs) The couch and do
0: something.
1: You're part of a team. You're part Mm -hmm. of a divine team. And like, Do you expect your work teams to just hand things to you? Or do Mm -hmm. they expect you to contribute? Of course you need to contribute. And you need to demonstrate that you want you want the progression, you want the evolution that you're purporting to uh, to say that you want, and also that's lethargy, but also like in in Portland, particularly, you know, lack of clarity, lack of there's confusion, and that's just laziness in my book. Like we're not looking for you to have all the right answers. We know that you don't have all the right answers. That's not the point. The point is, are you willing to go dig and figure out what the right question is? Mm -hmm. Because your confusion is not being willing to ask the right question or not being willing to go find the right question. Now, it's fine if you're confused and you're, and you're looking and you're searching and you're taking action, that's fine. But mm-hmm. if you just stop your progression because you're confused, that you're not, or you're not willing to ask for what you need, you're not willing to explore maybe something beyond your personal self-imposed limitations, which is really what keeps mm-hmm. us from union with God mm-hmm. and the divine source anyway, is our own personal hesitations and, and, and limitations. Yeah. If you're not willing to get over that, you're not going to progress. Right. You know, and so many times as guide, I tell people, I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a psychiatrist. This is not the mental health field. We're right. not a regulated profession for a reason. Yeah. I'm here to make you feel uncomfortable sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it's my job to tell you when you're being lazy and you're, you're getting in your own way because that's the feedback that you need. Now, of course, right. I'm going to do that in a compassionate and loving way, but you still might not like it. You right.
0: know? And well, that's the point. I found in my spiritual journey is there's a lot of things I don't want to hear because it's my ego. Mm-hmm. And once I go, fine, like when I, when I went plant-based, I did not want to go plant-based. There was nothing in me that was like, This sounds like a great idea. It was like, (laughs) like I was mad. And I did it anyways, because that's what my body wanted. That's what my soul wanted. And the result of that is that I have more energy than I had since I was in my teens. Mm -hmm. If you forced me to do it, I wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. But I had to tune into my body and I had to tune into the deeper messages to do something I didn't want to do because what I didn't want to do was ego-based. Mm-hmm. And that's what I find pretty much whenever I have resistance is because there's my ego, my small self, resisting an expansion. Yeah. I have that, that doesn't stop.
1: That's part of the progressionary path. Yeah. It's part of the path of progression. So we have a whole, by the way, there is a map, you know, people. We have a way <laughs> that this has been done and a path that's been walked by masters of light for mm-hmm. generations mm-hmm. upon generations. And you know, we have our particular version of the map. There's many wisdom traditions out there. You can become a monk or a nun if you want to, mm-hmm. or you can join what we are, which is basically an open mystery school that allows you to use our path, but still kind of be a householder a job seeker, a person who operates in the world, and we want that. You know, we want everyone to have access to this information. Yeah, but you know, essentially, we have this path. You know, the path of progression, and, that, and it's important to remember that there is a way to go about this. And you know, resistance will come at every point of the path, especially right before you take the next step. It's almost like you're proving to God that you really want to do this. It's almost like you're proving to yourself that you really want to do this, because all of your stuff comes up right before Mm -hmm. you about to take that next step. So right before people come in for their Empower Thyself initiation, the first question I ask in the first day of Empower Thyself is, what did it take to get here? because there's always a story there. And, you know, it may have been easy for someone. I'm open to that, and I would want that to be the case. Often the time, Oftentimes, though, people had to get over family stuff, financial stuff, friends, social stuff, relationship mm-hmm. stuff. There's stuff that gets in our way, and it is our negative ego getting in the way. And that's why... As walkers on this path, we have to hold both a healer energy and also a warrior energy. So Mm -hmm. the warrior is not about pick up a knife and be violent. That's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is really learning what it takes to be a high priest or priestess. You know, a high priest or priestess is a channel or a vessel for God to come through. In order to purify yourself and in order to be that, that vessel, you need to do some work on yourself, particularly your negative ego, like you were saying. And your negative ego will get in your way. And this is something where your negative ego is, your ego is going to be there. There's, there's positive aspects of your ego too, right? But the negative ego, we have to get that under control. And we have to be at master that. We have to know ourselves. You know, this was the oracle at Delphi, know thyself. And what I found out, having now walked this particular lineage path for seven years, I've taken some of the higher level initiations now. In the school, and I've learned that know thyself isn't a one time deal. (laughs) (laughs) What you're learning on the path of progression is constantly new techniques to peel back more layers of the onion to go deeper. And each one of those layers, you have to learn new skills, new ways to know thyself. Know thyself is a way of being. It's not an action you take one time and you're like, oh, I know myself now. That would you know, be so cool. <laughs> if you're in your perfection as God, I know, right? But if you're in your perfection as God, we're not saying that anyone's perfect here. What we're saying is perfect is not a state of being that's static. Mm -hmm. There's nothing godly that is static. It's always dynamic. It's always moving. There's times when we are still, there's meditation, there's times when we're contemplative, but there is rolling waters beneath that calm sea surface, always a dynamism that's happening. Mm -hmm. And when we really recognize that we're constantly moving, constantly evolving, constantly growing, that is the closest we can get to our divinity. Mm -hmm. And that constantly moving, constantly growing, target is what we're applying our skills, our experience, our magic to, Mm -hmm. in order to know ourselves in this moment, every moment.
0: Right. Because you can't project. I mean, you can project, but you're not going to get it right. And so when we started the conversation, I said that I had this simultaneous deep sense of calm and something in my subconscious that hasn't bubbled up yet that I'm aware of because it's physical manifestations Mm -hmm that are showing up and that's perfect for where I am and I am okay with it. Well, mostly because my teeth hurt, which is how my spirit communicates with me.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, we all have our little signs and signals.
0: Yeah. It's like teeth, really teeth. But anyways, throat chakra, that's, that's, that's where all my stuff comes through. And yet my awareness of that and the fact that I know There's something that really wants to come through as part of the perfection Mm -hmm. because I'm not forcing it. I'm allowing it. And that's, for me, part of my journey is like the allowing. I'm pretty bad at receptivity in that I have a history of impatience. And as I've gotten more deep, an example I'll give is I was walking yesterday and I came across a bumblebee. That was really big and fat, and it was on its back. And I, I carefully flipped it over, and it was kind of wobbly because it was cool out. And they don't, you know, they want some more warmth. It's a little early for the bees right now. And then I put my finger on him to give him a little extra energy, and he swatted at me. <laughs> oh! I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having communion with a bee. Yeah. Because I'm being present. Like whatever it is, I'm being present to. Because that's where the magic lies is when you're present to it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, all magic happens now. Mm -hmm. There's no magic that happens in the future. Mm -hmm. There's no magic that happens in the past. It's all happening right now. And so being in the moment is is really important. And it's something where we use our meditation practice to bring ourselves and ground ourselves in the present moment. Because this present moment is where we have access to the most power. So maybe I'll say, maybe some magic happens in the past and the future. But the most powerful magic is going to happen in the now, right? Because this mm-hmm. is the place where we have the most power, the most yeah. influence on events. And we have to remember, we are... I call it the duality of linearity. Like as humans, we're stuck in this duality. Like it's got to be either this or that or, you know, hot or cold or good or bad. And, you know, there's a lot of gray. I don't know if you've noticed. There's a lot of gray out there. And, okay. you know, also, you know, nothing about how we grow is linear. If you ask successful business people how they became successful or successful academics or anyone in any field, no one's going to tell you, oh, well, I did A, B, and C, and then it's a predictable path and you do it this way, right. you know, and that's what you get. And... It's like when you ask someone no, it's like they, you know, they followed their nose, they had some they had some hits, they had some home runs, they had some, you know, they had some losses and failures and, and maybe they went sideways a couple times. And you know, there's room for that in your mm-hmm. progressionary path as well. You know, we give you us we give you the milestones. We say, Hey, you need to hit these milestones, but what we don't tell you is what's gonna happen in between those milestones, because anything right. can happen. You know, right. some people move from one milestone to another really quickly, but they might take a long time and, you know, further down the path. Whereas you might have taken, you might take more time in the earlier part of the path. You know, it's just unique for everyone. We each have our unique way of walking our spiritual journey. And that's what's, that w- that's what we really want to respect as guides in our tradition. We're here to hold the space mm-hmm. for you to be and do whatever you need to do to get there. And we're here to support you in that. So whether, and when you want support, of course, you know, we have tools. We have really powerful tools that are grounded in lineage teachings. You know, mm-hmm. this lineage of King Solomon comes out of the King Solomon temple that he did. He brought healers and magicians, shaman from all walks of life, from all areas of the world, a very diverse set of people to come together and say, hey, what is it going to take to evolve the human to our next highest potential? What in our lineage we term the Adam Kadmon light body, Adam meaning many, not some white guy. Um, <laughs> Adam, Adam meaning many and Kadmon meaning essentially godlike being. So, you know, many God, many God being is what Adam Kadmon means. And there's, there's correlates in other traditions and it's about Buddhist religion, which I know, but, you know, which I know a little bit about. There's the concept of the, of the rainbow light body kind of same thing what we're talking about here. There's, there's this concept out there in wisdom traditions that we are evolving towards this sort of light body. And each mm-hmm. tradition has their version of that. So when King Solomon brought all these people to his temple, and he housed these people for years, like decades, mm-hmm. and they explored all the different activations, healings, work that these healers and priests and priestesses were doing on their communities, on their people to see what worked for every human everywhere. And they only kept the the tools and the practices that work for every human everywhere. It had to work for everyone across the board or they threw it out. And not that it wasn't valuable or helpful, but if it wasn't helpful for everyone, they didn't want mm-hmm. it to be part of their corpus of, of right, teachings. Right. And, and so the lineage of King Solomon now holds the purity of those practices and, and holds, you know, in our very first session that we would do with people is the life activation, and this is the DNA activation that you know. There's DNA activations in many different lineage and wisdom traditions, and our life activation is one that activates all 22 of the 24 codons. It actually activates all 24, but there was two that King Solomon didn't quite get to stay active. You, know, you have your. And this gets to something I wanted to talk about as well. You have your physical, you have your physical DNA, and you have your spiritual DNA. You have your physical heritage and lineage and what i'll say family karma which we're all working through but you also have a spiritual lineage and spiritual karma that you're working through and a lot of what's happening right now because of the portals that have been open the energy activations and the energy alignments that have been happening in the universe people are feeling pull and the call to heal mm-hmm. to heal and resolve not just their physical lineage but also their spiritual lineage which is the part that doesn't make as much sense to people it's like well that came out of nowhere. It's like, whoa, out of the blue. But that's something that's there. It's actually written in the DNA codon. And when we do the life activation, we're actually activating the full potential of your whole spiritual being through the etheric DNA, through the DNA codons. And this is talked about by Teresa Bullard in her Gaia.com series, Mystery Teachings. So you can learn more about it there. You can contact Modern Mystery School to see if there's a life activation practitioner in your area who can tell you more about it as well. I do a monthly talk just to educate people. People that have already done it will come to the talk to learn about what happened, you know, in the DNA life activation. And essentially what we're doing is we're activating these codons. And that's something that King Solomon knew was the the ground level of what we needed to do. We needed to turn all the lights on in the building. You Mm -hmm. know, maybe you walk into the building and some of the lights are on, some lights are off. You're not going to be able to find the things in the dark rooms. Well, the DNA life activation gives you the opportunity to find the things in your whole building because now we turn all the lights on. So now you can Mm -hmm. see what's going on. It's not the end of your path, it's just the beginning. It's like, okay, let's go find our unique gifts let's go find our soul's expression let's go find our purpose you know now that we have access to and the whole potential of and then we follow that up with the empower they self-initiation which is what expands your energy potential it expands the energy that you can bring to your life many times people look at my bio and they're like wait how many things do you do and it's like well if you're an initiate if you have an energy field that can hold all these conversations hold all this energy you're gonna get bored just doing one thing right <laughs> People ask me all the time, is this your full time job? I'm like, well, yeah. Like, my full time job is helping people progress along their path. Mm -hmm. What that looks like for an individual versus what that looks like for a corporation or a team are two different things, of course. And you might look at them as different, but for me, the line is straight. You know, I see through the thread that goes through all of it. I'm helping people move along their progressionary path, whether it's in a corporate context as an executive coach or team trainer or facilitator, or whether it's individually in our light center here in Southwest Portland in Eternal Eden. So we have to work through these karmic, this, this family, family karma, this spiritual karma, this physical karma. But also, so King Solomon had his temple to return to that. And he realized that, yeah, he'd gotten most of the way there, but he didn't get those last two codons. And those last two codons are activated by an energy that he wasn't really... I think he was aware of it, but he knew that he didn't have it. And that was the galactic activation. So okay. as humans, we're galactic beings. You know, we come from stardust. And so mm-hmm. there was an aspect of, our, of ourselves, and an aspect of the practices that King Solomon didn't have access to at the time of his temple. But since our lineage has found what is activating those last two codons to get the full 24-codon activation, and that is what's called the galactic activation. So now, of course, we offer, I believe it's a two-day experience, which is a galactic activation, where you get that last set of codons activated and now have the full potential of your, your being at your fingertips, the full potential to access your inner divinity and godhood and all those spiritual gifts that you know are inside of you that right. you're having trouble expressing. The lineage basically accelerates all of your progress, all of your progression, all of what you do is accelerated by lineage tools. You don't have to do them, but it's like, it's like, it's like walking versus driving a car. It's like, if you want to get there faster, right. you know, why, not, why don't you use the tools that have been around for centuries to help you? Right. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is.
0: Thank you so much for the work you do in this world.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for acknowledging.
0: Welcome. I have one final question. How do people find you?
1: So, people find us by going to, in my case, www.spiritintransition.com. That is my brand that I work under. You can also go to matthewcorn.com, which is my full name.com. Now, if you're interested, K O R E N. (laughs) -N. And if you find yourself in a different part of the country, say you're not near Portland, Oregon, where we get to to have this conversation, and you want to access any of our practitioners in the 53 countries internationally, that we operate in you can simply go to the modern mystery school website and click on find a practitioner near you and there's a whole list online where you can find a life activation practitioner if you haven't done that yet i say run don't walk to get your life activation because seriously the impact of this session is is humongous i was just having a conversation with someone yesterday where they are experiencing so much more clarity mm-hmm. and that clarity adds up over time to real life results so people yeah. get the relationship that they've been looking for, they get the job that they've been looking for. I just got someone re- referred to me for life activation by their partner. The partner did it years ago and he's, he had someone else get their life activation. This woman had been looking for a job for over six months to no avail. And literally just a few months after her life activation, after this kind of s- solidifies in the energy field, it was like she got the job that she wanted. She got the, the salary that she wanted mm. and she was totally there you know, we see less negative affect, we see more positivity, we see more expansion and brightness in the energy field. And that, conve- that conveys things, that communicates things. So uh, run, don't walk, get your life activation, go to Modern Mystery School website and click on uh, find a practitioner near you.
0: Thank you so very much. It's such an honor to have welcome, you. America,
1: thank you for your work in the world.
0: Oh, you're welcome. You're so welcome.
1: And it's my honor to be on this podcast with you. Thank you.
0: The action item of the week is to put down distractions and meditate for 20 minutes with the intent of tuning in to what resonates with your spirit. When you're done, take one step towards what you learned. Let it unfold without any expectations and enjoy your journey. Until next week, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine Truth and preservation of our soul shine I can feel it yours and mine Close your eyes and witness it inside In your bones you will know Trust and let go and let it flow